We have coming up in the next couple months, we're working at a school and having kids in a school. My sister also works in a school. We don't have the flexibility of just traveling whenever we want. So we, for spring break, which is always a thing, spring break rolls around in March. We're like, oh, we just wish we could go somewhere. So we are going to Puerto Rico over spring break. And those flights and hotels are all paid for. We were originally trying to go to Costa Rica, but the flight redemptions were out of control. And then we were going to fly Southwest. It started showing unavailable for like return flights. We had dummy flights booked within the two-week window, hoping they would change something. We had to kind of scrap all those plans and rework it. But that was the other thing that's amazing about booking things with points is you can just hit the cancel button and everything just rolls right back into your account and you're ready to go for your next plan. Puerto Rico at spring break. And then over the summer, we are all going to Maui. So we will have six of us flying to Maui and staying for 10 days all on points and miles. That one I felt, I'm like, I feel so validated that we've really made this happen. Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from Erin, a student from the Points Accelerator program. Erin is a mom of three young girls from the bustling metropolis of Des Moines, Iowa. She works in social services with students who are showing early signs of potentially dropping out of high school, and she started travel hacking as a way to take her daughters to places that her paycheck just couldn't. In this episode, Erin and I discuss a fantastic family trip to Puerto Rico that she got to book on points recently after only three months in the Points Accelerator program. We also talk about how to get more of your family members into the game if they think you have lost your mind, how to schedule points trips around school schedules, and so much more. If you are interested in leveling up your points game and earning many more points without opening 20 different credit cards, we are opening up for another cohort of the Points Accelerator soon. You can join the waitlist by checking out geobreezetravel.com waitlist to be one of the first ones to hear about when we open up for new students for the Points Accelerator. Again, that's geobreezetravel.com waitlist, which you can find in the show notes. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. Are you appalled by the cost of healthcare lately? Yeah, we all are. Sesame has five-star doctor appointments for as low as $19. Browse, book, and see a doctor today with no hidden fees and no insurance required. The price you see is the price you pay, and if you book your first appointment on Sesame through Swagbucks by going to geobreezetravel.com swagbucks, you could earn 5,000 Swagbucks, valued at $50. Check out Swagbucks for even more money-making offers, and thank you to Swagbucks for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hey, Erin, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, I am so excited to have you here and to hear all about your journey with points and miles. I know that you enrolled in the points accelerator. I'm excited to hear about your journey with that and some of the cool redemptions that you've gotten to take since earning more points and miles. Before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about your background and also what was life like before you knew about the points world? Well, I live in Des Moines, Iowa, so not exactly points and miles hub of activity. And I have three girls who are all still in elementary school. I also work at an elementary school. So for me, getting to take them places, it wasn't an option. Like a big vacation for us was getting to 
fly on an Allegiant flight down to Florida once a year and have like a beach vacation, which was still great. There's nothing wrong with that. Figuring out the whole points and miles thing, it was like, we can do a little more than that. We can be a little more than the cheapest flight we can find. When you first heard about points and miles, were you already imagining, oh, we can take amazing vacations somewhere else? Or were you just like, let's say $500 here and there? How did you kind of think about it when you first heard about points and miles? So my journey was kind of slow. I like to say dip my toe in the water for a while. And it was really like, I can get this one card. We were planning a big 40th birthday trip for my husband and a group of friends. And we were going to Grand Cayman. And I was like, oh, we can erase our plane tickets. And that's what I did with those points. And then it was like, well, now it's not really going to do much for me because I used up that big sign up bonus and what happens next. And so it was just that one, we'll use it for this one piece. And then it was kind of like, oh, well, now it's over. I did that one thing. What did you do after that? What were some of your biggest struggles when you were first starting out? Because like you mentioned, the sign up bonus is gone. At that point, are you like, what do I do now? How do I earn more points without opening 20 cards? Yes, that was exactly it. It was like, oh, I've done that. I guess now you'll just wait and maybe get another offer. I was really against annual fees in the beginning. And it's funny because all of the things I was like, well, I'm never going to do that. I have slowly done all of those things like, oh, I'm never paying a card with a big annual fee. And then the Venture X came out and I was like, well, we better get that. Or like buying groups. No, never, never. And like, oh, we could try that too. So it was uh, finding people on Instagram really that sort of pushed me over the edge like, oh, we can do this in a cycle. We can start doing more than one card. One of our things that has been holding us back, my husband hasn't been able to be my player too, just because of some past business stuff. Uh, so he's almost out of that like area where he can now start applying for cards again. So then it was talking my sister and my mom into, hey, maybe you should try this so you can uh, get in on some travel action with us. How did those conversations go? Were they receptive to it or were they just like, Erin, you've lost your mind? Everybody thinks I'm crazy. My sister I got in, Chase Sapphire Preferred, was at that 100,000. It was like, you have to just get this card. Somebody has to get this 100,000 point sign up bonus. She's like, fine. And she's single. She's just one person. So meeting a sign up bonus isn't always the easiest thing for her. But I'm like, I don't care. I'll put this spend on the card. Like, I'll help you do this. But somebody has to get this awesome sign up bonus. So she kind of stepped in a little reluctantly there. The rest of my friends and family are like, oh, you're going to get arrested. You're going to go into debt. Or some people will say, you know, oh, I just feel so bad for your credit score. To which I'm always like, my credit score is an 813. I think we're going to be fine. So I just always say the banks are betting on me to run up my credit cards. And I'm going to bet on myself to be able to manage what I'm doing. I think you mentioned a really good strategy of, oh, if you can't meet your minimum spend, I can help you with that. Put some of my expenses on the card. So when you do have multiple family members who are playing into the game too, that teamwork really does help to get those minimum spends, to get those big sign-up bonuses. And then I'm assuming you got referral bonuses as well as you were referring your family members, which is a fantastic way to earn points as well. Yes, that has the referral bonus. So like this summer, I got the Southwest business card just for one redemption in mind. And I was like, companion pass, we're in Des Moines, Southwest flies from here, but not 
a lot of places. It's not as convenient as for some other people. But then I looked at it and I was like, well, if I just got two referrals, then I would have that companion pass. So I was like, called my sister and my mom. I'm like, who wants to get a Southwest card? And they actually both signed up. If you just use it for one flight, it's worth the $69 that you'll pay. So they've been a little more likely to jump in with me. Did it take a lot of time? Because you said in the beginning, they were all very reluctant. And now you're able to refer them, you can get the referral bonuses, all of you can travel together. How did you finally convince them other than that 100,000 sign up bonus with Chase? Was there anything else where you were like, mom, family, do this? So my mom has forever, she has had a United Airlines card and an American Airlines card, the same one for probably 20 years. <laughs> Everything went on that. So she was kind of in the game, but not in like a churning state. So she was sort of stuck. She's done amazing things for us with those points. She flew my sister and I to Australia for a friend's wedding. She earned them all, you know, one swipe at a time. She was a little bit easier when I started explaining, oh, you could if you got on the Chase family, then you could use these points for hotels. So once she started thinking in that, then she was like, okay, I could do this. She's definitely a one card at a time. She's like, you can't confuse me. I just have to get one card at a time and then I can move on to the next. My oldest, so I have two sisters, one who's just a year older than me and then one who's 12 years older than me. And she has been really reluctant. She's a family and financial planning major in college. She works for a university in the financial aid department. She's been really like, don't get me in this, don't get me in this. Well, her daughter's getting married next September. And when I called her up and was like, well, I just booked my hotel, the Marmont Hotel in Santa Barbara. Like it was not $2,800, it was points. And she was like, wait a minute, how do I get myself a hotel room? Should have been listening to me for the last year that I've been trying to tell you this. So slowly I'm getting, once people are seeing this redemption and we've just made our, in the last few weeks, like a couple big trips that people are like, wait a minute, this actually like really works. Those referral bonuses are a huge thing. So I'm hoping I can get a few more people to like buy into the plan. Speaking of awesome redemptions, tell us about some of the ways that you've redeemed points in the last couple months since you signed up for the Points Accelerator. I'm excited to hear about some of the ways that you and your family are going to get to travel more. Okay. Okay, so we have coming up in the next couple months, we're working at a school and having kids in a school. My sister also works in a school. We don't have the flexibility of just traveling whenever we want. So we, for spring break, which is always a thing, spring break rolls around in March. We're like, oh, we just wish we could go somewhere. So we are going to Puerto Rico over spring break. And those flights and hotels are all paid for. We were originally trying to go to Costa Rica, but the flight redemptions were out of control. And then we were going to fly Southwest. It started showing unavailable for like return flights. We had dummy flights booked within the two-week window, hoping they would change something. We had to kind of scrap all those plans and rework it. But that was the other thing that's amazing about booking things with points is you can just hit the cancel button and everything just rolls right back into your account and you're ready to go for your next plan. Puerto Rico at spring break and then over the summer, we are all going to Maui. So we will have six of us flying to Maui and staying for 10 days all on points and miles. That one I felt, I'm like, I feel so validated that we've really made this happen. Are you flying Southwest? between Des Moines and Maui? We are flying American booked through British Airways. So we used our Capital One points. They had a 20% transfer bonus last month. So we will be going. If we were flying Southwest, we would have to go either to Kansas City or like St. Louis, possibly Chicago. We would have to drive. Do you remember how many points it costs to do this trip 
with American Airlines or through British Airways? They ended up being, it was more points with the transfer bonus. I want to say we paid around 18,000 points per person each leg for there and back. But for me, it was worth it to be able to go just straight out of Des Moines and not have to then figure out traveling and doing the positioning piece on either side. Was availability easy enough to find for all the tickets that you needed or were you just kind of having to play around with different dates? It was not that easy to find. I sat down, I printed off a calendar and I went through British Airways day by day by day to look for things and then stuff was kind of too late in July. So then I got on point.me and pulled that up. Some British Airways availability had opened up earlier in July. It was a little bit of a process to do just the whole, you have to go one day at a time and then it changes. But we were able to find things that hadn't been booked yet. There were about seven tickets that were available. So then once I found what would work for us, it was like, we're booking it right now because if we lose more than one of those seats, the six of us, because it'll be my family, my sister's going with us, the six of us won't be able to fly. What hotel did you choose in Maui? We are saying I did a Vacasa through Wyndham, which was a better redemption than we got a beachfront condo, four nights, two bedrooms, and that's up in Kihei. And then we are going to stay at the Hana Maui Resort. That's a Hyatt hotel for our last three nights. Do you remember how many points they were? So the Wyndham was hundred and. 8,000 points, which I didn't realize because I hold the Wyndham card, you get a discount on your nights. So it was just 13,500 points per night per bedroom. And then the Hana Maui Resort will be 90,000 points for the three nights, which is a big chunk of points. But because we had kind of saved a little bit on the Wyndham Vacasa side, I was like, okay, we'll just do the bigger point redemption on that end. So you made a good point where you're like, oh, it's a lot of points and like that depleted our points bank. Can you kind of talk about the mindset of when you're making your first couple big redemptions and you're seeing your points bank kind of get depleted? How does that feel? What advice would you give to people who might be feeling some trepidation? for spending their points where they're like, oh, this is really hard to earn. I don't want to spend them. That very much is exactly how I was even feeling today because I was looking at my Chase Ultimate Rewards and I was like, oh, it's so low. I was very, at the beginning, like hesitant, like, oh, I worked so hard for these points. But just to get out of that mindset of thinking that they can't come back and just reminding myself that if we were able to do this, we can just do the process all over again and rebank those points. It's helpful. I have a ink card that's closing today. So I'll have that sign up bonus that will pop back in there. So it's just kind of the reminding of like, they'll come back. There's more cards to sign up for. There's more process to do. And just constantly reminding myself of what I've heard about Earnham and Burnham, because you've seen that they will be devalued and you can save up your points for years and years. And then all of a sudden you can't take the trip you wanted to take because your points aren't worth as much as they would have been before. So I just remind myself that earn them and burn them and go on to the next redemption. Especially because you're so much more confident now with how to earn points where the first one's like, I don't know how to do any of this. I don't know how to meet a minimum spend or how else to earn points other than that minimum spend. But as you kind of learn different techniques, it becomes easier and easier. Yes, definitely. The good thing about having a family of five is that a minimum spend is not out of reach for us. But then trying to coach like my sister on different things that she can do to meet a minimum spend, just being a single person, $4,000 in three months just won't happen for her. Or finding the cards with the smaller minimum spend that she can hit easier on her own. So you mentioned that you opened business cards, which are some of 
the best ways to get a lot of points very quickly. They have larger minimum spends, larger sign-up bonuses versus personal cards a lot of the time. What do you use as your business for the applications? I use just Facebook Marketplace reselling of all of my kids' stuff. We have three girls. So once we've gone through three rounds of clothes, it's shocking that we still have enough that's good enough that we can resell and a plethora of toys and all kinds of things that need to leave my house <laughs> and go have a new life somewhere else. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. A lot of people think that they need to build this giant LLC empire before they can ever be granted a credit card, but it's easier than a lot of people would expect. And that's where you can earn a ton of points very quickly. I probably filled out the application without hitting submit maybe three different times because I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a rejection if you get turned out and you're like, oh, I don't want to get denied. And then I'm like, it's just a credit card company. If they say no, they say no. And my first business card, I didn't get, I didn't even get an approval for it. It went to pending. And then about 10 days later, a card showed up in the mail. And I never got an email saying like, you were approved, it went through. So I was just kind of like waiting, waiting, waiting. And I was like, oh, it's here, it showed up. I think a lot of people also get really nervous when it says pending, like, oh my God, what are they gonna dig up about my life in order to get me this credit card? Or sometimes people will make the mistake of calling the credit card company and then confessing all of their financial sins right then and there, being like, please forgive them and give me this card. And you definitely don't want to do that. Just let it roll through the process. It's better if human eyeballs never actually see your application. And then it'll be just like your experience, Erin, where eventually the credit card probably just shows up in the mail. It's either the credit card shows up or a rejection letter outlining exactly why they rejected you shows up, then you can go to reconsideration. It's been just the constant, you don't want to make a phone call, just let it play out. Any other fun trips that you've been able to plan since enrolling in the Points Accelerator? Because it's only been a couple of months since you enrolled. Most of our things have been rolling out in the last couple of months. Other thing we have going on, my husband and I are going to take just a little weekend to San Antonio. We never really ever travel anywhere on our own, so we're pretty excited about it. We picked San Antonio because it was a Southwest deal, and with Companion Pass, we can fly for a pretty low amount of points and then we'll just get points for a Hyatt when we get down there. So we've got that booked that's coming up in January, which is awesome to get out of Iowa in January and go somewhere. It's not going to be real hot, but it'll be a lot warmer than here. In spring break in March, we're going to Puerto Rico. Can you tell us about that trip as well? For that one, we are flying Southwest to Puerto Rico and then we are staying at the Hyatt Residence Club on Dorado Beach. We have two rooms there and all of our flights were covered with points. And that's, again, just to get out of the Midwest winter. And for me, beach is like a magical place. I love being near the ocean and in the sand. And my kids are the same way. So just getting out there and getting warm in March will be great. I think one of the magical things about points is that it lets you use seasons as a verb where, oh, I winter in Puerto Rico and I summer in <laughs> Michigan. It's just nice to be able to say those things and to follow wherever the weather is good, even though it's going to be peak season, obviously, wherever it's nice weather, but points and miles lets you kind of have those experiences. That's so many great redemptions that you've already been able to just redeem for in just the last couple of months. There's Hawaii, San Antonio, Puerto Rico. Can you tell us a little bit more about the details of the Puerto Rico trip, like what you're flying, how many points it costs, and where you're staying? 
So we are flying on Southwest and we have to drive to Chicago. We're flying out of O'Hare for that one, which is about five hours from Des Moines. So it's not too bad. We got tickets for, I think it was 9,960 points each way per person. And we have a companion pass. So one of them was free. And the thing that was interesting with that, when we were booking it, there was one ticket left. I needed to book myself and my three girls. My sister had already booked hers. One ticket left at a lower redemptions. I was like, okay, I've seen, I can book myself and then add my reservation number to book the girls. It was going up by 3000 points. So I booked, got that all booked, but then they're on a separate reservation. It's just really annoying. So about four days later, I was like, I'm just going to cancel them all and rebook so we can all be on the same one. And I can see everybody on my app. Well, when I went to do that, the price had gone back down. So by rebooking everybody on one, I had got 12,000 points back, which is awesome. So I watch my Southwest religiously now to see if our flights have gone down at all because of the ability to rebook and get those points back, which is amazing. And then we are staying at the Hyatt Residence Club Hacienda Del Mar on Dorado Beach. That was 100,000 points for the five nights that we're staying there. And the cash price wouldn't have actually been that much. It would have been just under $2,000. So it's not our best points redemption. But for this trip, it was like getting as close to zero as possible for flights and hotels. I think it was like a 1.8 cent per point. Still save $2,000. Exactly. And that's the thing that even if it's not the best cents per point, it's still a trip we would not have been able to take otherwise. That's such a great point too. People obsess over cents per point a lot where they're like, oh, I'm not getting 20 cents per point. I think as long as you're clearing the threshold of this is good enough and you didn't redeem them for magazines or a Roomba or something like that, then you're doing pretty well, especially since you're very early in the game. So with all of the trips that you've planned, Hawaii, San Antonio, Puerto Rico, all of these other things that you've done in just a short amount of time, do you have an estimate of how much this would have all cost if you just paid the sticker price for everything? I have, I wanna look at it. I've been keeping a document in Excel doc so that I could know what the cost. And I want to say we're just under $20,000. So yeah, $19,687. And that is for my side of it. So that doesn't include my sister. We've saved probably close to about $24,000 total between all of us. That is absolutely incredible. Let's just take a moment and think about the fact that you have $24,000 worth of travel that you got to take. I personally grew up in the Midwest. I think it's pretty priceless to get out of the Midwest winter because I grew up in Missouri. I went to school in Nebraska, which is about the same latitude as you know, you know what it's like. I know what it's like. It is brutal for people who are like, Oh yeah, New York winters are rough. It's it's a different kind of rough when you're in the Midwest winters. Yeah, $24,000 is a lot, but I would say it's actually kind of priceless to just be able to leave that environment for a few weeks. It's validating in what I'm doing and that's the number I'm going to put out. Like I just say, oh, we're taking on this trip courtesy of our gas and groceries. Anything else that you've learned in your short amount of time since getting into the points game, taking the points accelerator course, redeeming for all of these different trips, anything else that you maybe like messed up in the beginning where you're like, okay, listeners don't, don't make this mistake or something that you just want to remind yourself in the future when you're like, okay, I just, I need to remember this for next time. For sure. The thing that I've learned is that I've had a city card for forever, probably 16 years. It was my second 
credit card. I still have the t-shirt I got when I got my first Capital One card on the side of the road in my college town. But I was like, oh, there's nothing I'm ever going to do with these thank you points. So I was just slowly burning them on Amazon when I was buying things. And now I look back and I'm like, what could I have done with all of those points that are now just gone that I redeemed for not worth much of anything? So that would be my big thing. Just don't overlook the value of any points at all. And also to not be hesitant to start. Because I also think constantly about our daycare bills. When we left daycare with our youngest, I had our assistant director run the total for me of how much we had paid just the centers. This wasn't like after school costs or preschool. And it was $148,000. Like think of how many sign up bonuses that could have been. We could have been having a new card every two months that we were just cycling through on daycare expenses. So just kind of don't be hesitant to start because there's a lot of expenses there in the early years of raising your kids that you can utilize to go on some pretty awesome trips. What are some places that are on your bucket list for future points and miles trips? So we sat down as a family and did a family bucket list. My kids want to go to London. I have a couple big Harry Potter fans. And so they desperately want to go to London, which I actually did in college. I did study abroad in Wales. So I would love to go back to London as well. So that's kind of in the future. I showed them a video of somebody at the Hyatt Ziva Cancun, and they are now desperate to go there. So that's on our future list. I've also looked at the Azores Islands, which I didn't even know was a thing until following different people on Instagram. That's a mom one that's on my back burner. These sound like amazing destinations. I have been to London. It's been a long time. I haven't been to the Hyatt Ziva hotels. I haven't been to Azor. So there's a lot of really good content that you're going to have in your life. And just like so many great memories that you're going to be able to do with points and miles. You've already saved $24,000. And I think it's just going to keep increasing more and more as you get deeper into the game and you take more of these trips. One other thing, though, as you get deeper and deeper into the game, eventually you have more cards, you learn different strategies, you're balancing that between referral bonuses and teaching other people about cards and all of the other ways that you're earning points as well with your business. How are you staying organized with everything? What are some of your favorite tools? So for staying organized, I use the Travel Freely app. That is one thing religiously. As soon as I'm approved for a card, it goes right in there. And it's great to remind me when an annual fee is coming up, if it's something I want to keep, if I will need to start thinking about retention offer call. And then I also use card pointers. The way my brain works, it's like a puzzle that clicks. And so when I'm talking about this, like, I don't understand. It makes perfect sense to me. But other people are just like, their eyes are rolling back in their head. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, you could, you got to use this card. That's the wrong card. You got to get 3X or 4X instead of just one. And they're like, just looking at me like that. So card pointers is great to keep track of what card you should use where for especially if it doesn't just click in your head like that. And I find it especially helpful for my husband when I'm sending him out for things. And it's like, well, I used whatever card. It's like, gas was 5x last quarter. It's not the right card at the gas station anymore. Like we got to switch something different. So helping him remember card pointers is very helpful. Maximizing earning points on the cards you already have is such a good strategy too, because people focus on the sign-up bonuses a lot, which you earn obviously a ton of points through sign-up bonuses, but also just making the most out of cards that 
you already have is really important too. And I think that card pointers makes that easy. And I think it's great also that you're educating your family about how to earn more points and miles too, so that you guys can take even more trips. And I love just the transformation that you've had from the beginning of this call where we were talking about like, oh, this this is gonna ruin my credit, like bad things are gonna happen. I'm afraid to dive into points or how to learn all the game. And now you're kind of just evangelizing it to your family and your friends now too and saying, look at all the cool trips we can do. I love that. When I got my first card, it was like, we'll just do one. I'll just watch my credit score. And if it goes down, then, you know, we got to pull back and we won't do that. It has never gone down to a concerning number. It's always stayed right at 800 or just a little above. And even I did close out a card, one of my first travel cards, but not my first credit cards. And it didn't affect my score at all. I was very concerned about like, oh, it's going to drop my credit score. And it didn't. I've learned a lot about the way that your credit score actually works that I didn't know before, which I think is also helpful. What advice would you give to anybody who's like, oh, I kind of want to dabble in points, but I don't know if I want to like get deeper into the game. What encouragement would you give those people today? Those are the people that I say, just try one card. Like, let's look at what you want to do. I've told friends, tell me a place you want to go and I can help you with like a two card strategy to try to get there or at least cover just flights or just hotel. You're 50% closer to your trip than you were before. Any advice for people who are thinking about the points accelerator and if that can help them with their journey as well? I would say absolutely. The points accelerator has been so helpful. So I went through it and I still go back. So when there's something that I'm like, wait a minute, there was what was it that I heard? And then I'll get back into the course and watch a section over again or go through the notes at the end of a section so that I can remember the different things. And it's much easier than trying to Google and go through 500 responses to figure out what it is that I was looking for or what will be the most helpful in a situation. So that has been really nice for me to just be able to click in there and be able to reference back. I know you mentioned you've saved about $24,000. Do you have an estimate of how much time this all would have taken you to learn if you were just using Google? It would have taken a lot of time. <laughs> so that's the other piece too, is it saves you a lot of time that somebody else has always already done all that work for you. I can't even guess because it would be hours upon hours upon hours because there's things that you didn't even know was really out there. It feels like it's a very niche world of points and miles and to pick up on stuff faster than you would have without getting into a course like the points accelerator. I don't think you would have been quite aware as quickly. There are two things that you don't know. There's the known unknowns where you're like, I don't understand how those airline alliances work. I don't know how to do that type of redemption. But there's also the unknown unknowns because there are people out there who are like, what's an airline alliance? So just having that information at your fingertips just makes it so much easier. We're like, I didn't even know to ask that question, but now I know and now I can redeem points faster. I can earn points faster. So I'm so glad and so excited to hear that the points accelerator was helpful for you, that it saved you hours upon hours, probably days, and that in such a short amount of time, you are able to rack up so many points and save $24,000. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you would like to share with our listeners today? Any other knowledge that you would like to impart on us of things that you've learned so far in your travel hacking journey? Just be willing to try stuff out is sort of, like I said earlier, 
everything that I once said I wasn't going to do, I have now slowly done just because I'm like, oh, this can actually be a thing such as like a high annual fee. If you can look at the benefits of a card and even for me coming again from Des Moines, we have no lounge at our airport. We don't have, you know, fancy things. It's a tiny little terminal. You turn left or right. There's about 12 gates there, but we still get a lot of value out of things like lounge access when we have, because inevitably we have a layover everywhere we go. There's not a lot of straight shots out of Des Moines. And so just being open to trying new things. And that would be, I think, my biggest. Well, thank you so much, Erin, for coming onto the show and talking about your journey. I'm so excited to hear more once you've taken your trips to Hawaii and Puerto Rico and all of the other places that I am so excited for you to experience. So thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your journey with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com slash hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels.